there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Spare Change. Danielle Trotta, Ryan Flores, Corey LaJoy. Coming to you from Bristol Motor Speedway. Qualifying just wrapped up like a minute ago. And our boy, top 10. Let's go. Corey. Let's freaking go. I had no idea you were even good at Bristol. Where did that come from? Danielle, newsflash, I'm good everywhere. <laughs> I just haven't had a chance to show it yet. Um, <laughs> no, we, just, we had a good car. Um, you know, and, and it's so freaking tight. Like, you can a tenth is the difference between making the top five of your group or finishing 12th in your group so for us to execute the day we were really good in practice but it's easy to say oh we laid a good lap down but the work starts on tuesday on the simulator when i'm in there from seven until 9 30 at night right it's like it's not happenstance to get a shot to compete for a poll if you're just on your heels not attacking. So, excuse the helicopter. It's probably Jeff Gordon taking off from the racetrack here. Yeah, like it's not surprising to me to have speed because we put the work in on Tuesday night, 7 till 9.30. And then Wednesday morning, 8 till 10.30. And we knew that we wanted to come here and attack and lay down a good lap of qualifying because that's pretty much how you're going to run all night. So, for us to be able to do that next few today, I'm pretty pumped up. Starting next to you, Flores. Eyes 11. Yeah, I think we qualified 11. It's not much, not much speed out of the Penske cars, but top 10 Harrier, dude. Next time you get in the top 10, you got to get in the single digits. You're closer. Know, you're closer. Twice now. Only a couple hundreds off this time. Yeah, we made the top, a second time this year. We made the top 10. Um, Watkins Glen was the other time. I was a couple tenths off at, uh, at Watkins Glen that second time around. But, that, you know, you get those guys that in the second round know that they're in when they're the last couple cars out. It's like, all those little things now are what separates the guys that win from the guys that are trying to, like us, trying to just get there. And when you just get there, now then you can start refining. Okay, now we can run a good enough lap on lap one to cut it to nowhere in uh, group two to give yourself a chance at the pole, right? Give yourself a chance to win the race. But I'm just super proud of my team, man, because we've come a long way. I've come a long way as a race car driver. Um, Man, I, I can remember the day, it wasn't how many years ago, where I was just trying not to be last. I mean, that was legitimately the, the intention coming to the racetrack to not be last. So we're not content with 10th. Uh, we're proud of it, but we've got 500 laps tomorrow to see what we, how we stack up. I think that was the biggest takeaway for me when I saw that you um, had made it to the final round. I was like, okay, now they made it to the final round for the second time. Let's see if they close that gap up, right? Because Everybody, everybody else that's up there, you know, they expect to be in that final round and they have a plan for it where I feel like at Watkins Glen, you guys were like, Oh, let's go cool this thing down. Right. Where you were, I mean, you were one of those guys, you didn't just squeak into the top 10. You weren't the last guy in, uh, you, you solidified yourself in there with a couple cars left to go. So 
it was nice to see that Sparks and the boys were, you know, they were ready to go and, and had a plan and you were, you were right there and you didn't have, you know, it was, it was super interesting to watch qualifying much like it was at Darlington. Cause when they have that traction compound on the bottom and you have to hook the bottom, you see guys like we talked about him last week, maybe the most talented guy in the field. It's the apron about Rex qualifies damn near last. So it was fun to watch because you could see whose cars were. Uh, I don't think I don't think it was damn near last. It was last. Damn, I, I didn't know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, speak out of school. I knew it was close, but um, no, it was last. But yeah, so like that's what you could see if someone charged a corner too hard. If someone's stuff they got to the bottom and it it sheared off the bottom, or if they you know turned too good and and got stuck on the apron, it was it was really fun to watch. Man, it's uh, like qualifying well is just a snowball of your weekend. It could go snowball to the good end or the bad end, right? Where there's 12 openings, as you know, on pit road here at Bristol with the front stretch and back stretch pit road. And we have the chance to get one of those openings, whether it's an in or out, it could potentially get you a couple spots or at least maintain um, your track position all night. So I feel good about it. And Danielle, after watching practice, I saw you were at the racetrack. It's nice to see your smiling face in person with race cars going around. What did you see? What stuck out to you this week in Bristol? Practical. So I thought it was interesting. The guys you thought were going to be fast were um, atop the leaderboard. There was no really surprise to us seeing Larson up there uh, dominating your group. Seabell, Reddick, Byron. Seabell, third pole in a row, though. That boy knows how to cut a lap. But in terms of, like, playoff implications, um, what do you guys make of Truex? And... Harvick relative to the cut line. So let me look here. So Harvick is 21st. If I have that right, Harvick qualified 21st and Truex qualified fifth. So I feel like if Truex can grab some stage points early and Harvick finds it difficult to get track position, that cut line flips on its head very early in the race and the entire narrative changes. So not a good qualifying effort out of the four and little surprised by that. Great run by Truex, so we'll see if he can take advantage of it. I would like to, for somebody to pull a stat of Kevin Harvick over the course of his career, particularly the last 10 years, if the four car doesn't have a problem, how many times they finish worse than where they start? It doesn't seem like Harvick ever finished his work. Like, he's never going backwards. Like, it's not like he's losing gradually a spot or two every restart run. He is constantly getting a spot or two letting it come to him, making his car better. Next thing you know, you blink, and he hasn't had a flashy day, and he's six. So if you had to go up against anybody tit for tat in terms of positions and, and clawing, Harv's probably not that guy that I would like. But it's going to be a battle, especially from there. Dude, it is, it is hard to pass because, I mean, I was behind Eric Jones in practice, and I think at the time I was probably fifth on the sheet, and he was like 12th on the sheet in our group, and he qualified 31st, and I was – stuck i was a little better than he was but we were running the same speed so for us to qualify well hopefully we can maintain that track position for the first couple stages and and still be still be in the hunt so it is now i was going to bring this up to you i was going to text you last night but i wanted to talk about it right here at stacking pennies right you had a you said something in the podcast about old bristol being better we saw a very relative version of that last night the truck race with lockdown on the bottom and I wouldn't have considered that a great race. So what is the special sauce that we need 
to make it considered a good read. First, the helicopter that just took off where you're at just flew over me. Um, secondly, the that race is considered a good race by everybody if the pass for the lead is five laps later and a little bit dirty, right? And then everybody loves it. So the eye test, I don't know. Like it, I like it better than if you get to a guy and you can't pass him because he's running the fence. You can't get a run on him and you bounce off each other and knock the inside inside wall down. I, you know, the like what it's going to be this weekend. I think I heard Blaney talking about it on on PRN today. It's like the Xfinity cars will probably get start migrating to the top about halfway into their race, and we'll probably be up there about a hundred laps in. But it's going to take a swing, right? You're going to have to move up. You're going to have to move back down at times. And as long as that bottom groove is there, where if you're turning better than somebody else on the top, you can turn down and catch your left sides with it and um, slingshot by them, Russ. Then I'm good with it. It's just when they when it gets to where everybody's just so top dominant, you just can't do anything with each other. That that's not the bristle you want because even when you're running the top, you can't really move them. So right, I, the truck race was okay. You know there was a pass within within ten to go, but we'll see with this Xfinity race, June bug in it. See how he's able to do from fifteenth. I'm pretty excited to watch that. You watched in car camera his practice. I didn't and. <clears throat> I was, I was like, Jesus, he's going to be tired being out of the seat as much as he moves his arms every lap. Hand, his right hand goes from 2 o'clock to 10 o'clock, and he's tugging on it. Straight away, 2 o'clock, 10 o'clock, tugging on it. And I'm like, why doesn't he just leave his hand at 10 <laughs> o'clock and just stop moving his hand? Like, just leave it over here. And just down straight away, you're 9.30 and 10 o'clock, and then just tug it again. He's always I was watching him that. like, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of wasted movement. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. But he's not. He's not a young buck no more. I'm excited to see him out there. It just it makes the uh, the inner Canapolis kid inside me proud whenever I see Dale Jr. out there cutting it up with the, with the regulars. Yeah, the the thing. I mean, looking at pit road for you too deep. Looking at pit road, you know, the 20 car being on the pole again is impressive, and the 19. You know, the, the 20 and the 19 have qualified this way for the past two weeks, but they haven't been able to capitalize on it. Bristol is another place where pit stall one is just super beneficial have it's one of the you know one of the better pit stalls we go to especially at a place like you said that only has 12 openings and the 19 is probably gonna get an opening out too which is good because there's been some games going on i've heard on pit road like certain manufacturers pitting in front of other ones and uh that kind of hurts you like if you're the 19 and you you just had an opening in you get a you get a car from another manufacturer that parks in front of you it can really impede your pit stop because rolling that tire back, the more aggressive you can be rolling your right front back to the wall, the faster your stop can be. And if there's a guy that's parked right in front of you that is coming around you, you can't roll your tire into that box. You can't use that extra 10 feet. So that being said, with Harvick qualifying later at a place like this where there's not a lot of openings, he can kind of know who's coming and know where he's going to be and pick a stall and know maybe the 51 or the 78 are, you know, are going to pick in front of him. I don't have any problem with the games being played on pit road. That's why you have teammates and yeah. you have manufacturers support. And OEMs, you know, if you guys stick together on super speedways and you can help someone in the pits, I don't see what the difference is. Yeah, that's all part of it. And speaking of teammates, big news this weekend. I'm looking at the rosters right now. I scroll down to the eight car. I see Thomas, Tingler, Covey, White, and get your tickets, Paul Swan. The three car guys oh, got switched over to the eight, so they had um they had a hell of a week in Darlington. They were uh, right there flirting with P one, them in the twenty four, uh, and they were working on their car last week. But they're in the game now. 
they come in the kitchen and it's hot. And they were Kyle Busch, so we'll see what they can do. Um, they're definitely a really good crew. The eight car, not a bad team, just a young team. And the three cars, just the best, the best one in the shop over there. So surprised that that move didn't happen sooner, but excited for them guys to be in the playoffs. Somebody put a GoPro on just make sure there's audio all night. That guy's got more cameras on him than anybody at the racetrack. He, <laughs> he wrote me a message this week. He said his uh, his goal is to be the dog of the week before the season's over. So he's got a shot. He's got a shot at being a dog this week. Can't give him a preliminary dog, though. Got to earn it. earn it. Want to know what you guys think about the big announcement made a few hours ago. Bristol said no more dirt. We're going back to two concrete races a year next year. What do you guys think? So I was on stage trackside live earlier today. And Alex Weaver told me that kind of simultaneously while they announced it. Obviously, I knew about it coming down the pipe, but I didn't know it was official until then. And the collective majority of the fans were excited about it. But I said, hey, guys, instead of applauding it, how about you show up in the spring? That way they don't put gravel, ice, what other dumb substance they could figure out to put on top of Bristol because nobody wants to show up. So everybody that's a cheering that we're back to the concrete has to come has to watch it on TV, or else they're going to move the date somewhere else or put some other dumb substance on top of it. Keep Bristol concrete and keep it with two dates, but the only way to do that is bring your ass to the racetrack and watch school and surf. Yeah, you know where I stand. I love that it's um, not dirt anymore. I just hate that it's at Bristol. Give me just one Bristol night race a year, and I'm good with it. They uh, can go play Tennessee Volunteers football in there the rest of the time to fill up the schedule. One Bristol night race <laughs> a year, make it prestigious. And um, the guy who races Crown Vicks around there and the Vols can have at it the rest of the season. I think it's a smart move. I think the majority of fans were hoping that this was going to happen. And I think the competitors, too. And I think NASCAR listened. I think it's an example of NASCAR listening to its fan base and giving them what they want. And you can't please everybody, but I would say majority kind of were ready for that experiment to be over. But Jerry Caldwell told me today they're going to keep the dirt. Those 2,700 truckloads ain't going anywhere. And he said there's well, a they, chance to get back. They kept it from the first time they put dirt on it in like 97. So they just go put some grass seed on it. And they're like, all right, we ready to get dirty again? Sure, let's go dig up the old dirt. Dude, but It was great it, while it lasted. It was yeah. good and it ran its course. It did its job. And I'm sure that's a hell of a task to fill that place up with dirt. No, no doubt. Hey, by the way, shout out to Bristol. Playing stacking pennies on the Colossus Jumbotron yes. today. Come, thank you, Jerry. Appreciate Shout the love, out Jerry. I mean, that's because I mean, really and truly, if you wanted to like get into the weeds on it, it's not a NASCAR track. It's a it's a SMI track. So it was like confusing to me to see our the three amigos up there just riffing about them. Like, hey, look, and it wasn't like just a dog of the week clip or like Corey's close call of the week. It was like there's Drew Hair, great hair. It was like a 10-minute riff about our Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson. So, oh. I mean, we're on the big screen, ladies and gentlemen. Next stop, Times Square. <laughs> Come on. Thanks to all of you. We're getting bigger by the week. We appreciate the support. Thanks for tuning in to Spare Change. Corey, starting P10. Is that a personal record? One thing, him? Danielle. Best qualifying effort. Ties it, right? Ties it. We're, things are looking up. We're getting some pace. We're getting some speed. We're getting some confidence. And when your boy gets some confidence, gets a little dog at him. Watch out. But right now, I'm about hey. to get a little ribeye in me because I got my pit boss right here fired up, about to throw some steaks on the grill. 
Who's your picks? Hey, Court, tell, tell Sparks I don't want to hear nothing about unapproved adjustments tomorrow morning. No kidding. I don't want to hear about no shocks, no nothing. Just put some put some duct tape on it and let it rip. We got to start 10. We're going to the F-R-O-N-T. Hey, Who's my pick? You're already there. Might as well. Just Might as well go get it. I, I don't think that even Kyle Larson, and you've all heard the bite that I have from SiriusXM. You could line Jesus up next to Kyle Larson on a green white checkered, and he'd be having his hands full, but I think Jesus would get him in the line. Even him starting shotgun on the field, I don't think he can drive from the back. I just don't think you can get yourself in a in a like an offensive position to control a lane or restart. But if anybody can do it, it's him. But I don't anticipate that. Puts him behind the eight ball big time with pit selection and just everything. But he was the clear favorite in practice of lap averages. Super fast. Yeah, it's going to be the, – the leaders are going to come up quick starting that far back. You have no choice but to get lapped probably the first run. So you have to see if, if there's – you know, if we have a lot of cautions in between stages and chances to flip it or put right sides on. It sounds like tires are falling off pretty good. So you'll definitely use them, and you might have to stay out or save a set. So that can jumble the pack up. If anybody can do it, it's Cliff Daniels and Kyle Larson on that team. I like – man, I still like Tyler Reddick, even though he's starting, he's starting 12th. Toyotas are fast. I don't know. I just I, I like him again with no pressure. And between him and Chase Elliott, but I'll go Tyler Redding. Two in a row. I like uh go ahead, Danielle. No, I was gonna say Vegas likes Tyler too. Who do you like? I like Chris Bell. I feel like they've had speed and just haven't really executed that we've obviously talked about the, their pit road woes. But I feel like number one pit box again, again. I mean, those guys are the pit crew champions of the year. They're not going to be having set up for the same opportunity again and again and continue to – they're going to figure it out. So I think that group keeps the 20 in contention all night. And it seems like Chris Bell, no matter if it's dirt, no matter if it's concrete, he always puts himself in position to win a Bristol. I'm going to go with the 20. All right, I'm going to go with the 24. I like William Byron. He looked good in practice too. Could be a showdown, boys. Once again, Hendrick versus Gibbs, but RFK led over 50% of this race a year ago. They didn't look shabby either. So don't forget about the Ford boys. Bradley. I mean, I got to encourage everybody. If you're on the East Coast and you're within a decent mile drive of this place, Bristol Night Race is second to none. So if you're listening to this, within the time frame it would take to drive your ass to Bristol, you get in your car and you drive right over right now because it's going to be electric. Right now. But if not, you can tune in. I assume it's on NBC. We're on USA. USA. So right after cops, you turn it on and we'll be there. They're <laughs> moving the start time up to six to six thirty Eastern time. You do not want to miss it. They moved it up an hour, race fans, so adjust accordingly. Corey, go get him, bud. Ryan, be a doll. See you there. This is Spare Chain for Stacking Pennies, presented by Mobile One. Bye guys.